Welcome to the 25th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. My name is Tim Hayes in Gainesville, Florida, joined in Boston with Spencer Howe. And in Minneapolis, Minnesota, fresh off qualifying eighth place at the North American Cycle Courier Championships, Matt Allen. Matt, Ooh, how does don't it forget feel? Finishing 41st in the finals. We don't there need to go. talk about the finals. You qualified <laughs> eighth with a cruiser and a yeah. basket. It was good. Baskets good. are the way to go. So lots to talk about this uh, week. We're going to start off right away um, with the Vuelta Velo Games Fantasy Challenge. We won't spend too much time in it. But right now, Brian Girding is in first place, a longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, Spencer Howe, you're sitting in third. And uh, I am right behind you in fourth place. And actually, I, got, I do have to scroll down a little bit to find a little guy. Little guy, you're in 15th out of 25. Ah! Um, Bullshit. You guys are cheating. So there you have it. Do you guys want to talk anything about this, or you just want to get into the show? I'm confused. How am I 15th? I'm so much smarter than both of you. Did you see the photo, the photos from the stage that started on the aircraft carrier? There's a really awesome photo of Maxime Bouet of uh, AG2R mm-hmm. in like a fighter jet. Really? In, I only saw the... one of Valverde. Oh, they were. They, did everybody do it? Well, I th- I don't know everybody, but they had one of Valverde. You know, oh, he was okay. in the he had the jersey, so he was in the he was in the cockpit. You know, he was the. He was the goose or whatever. The, <laughs> the goose. You know, little guy, that's actually a pretty good uh, Top Gun nickname for you. Um, and then Super Rookie would be okay. I don't know who would want to be really my wingman because with a name like Super Rookie as we take on the Russians. But Spencer, what would be your uh, Top Gun nickname? Oh, I have no idea. I don't think you're allowed to pick your own nickname. I think it has to be bestowed upon me. Oh, does it? Okay, we'll bestow one upon you. Oh, no. You can be Ice. <laughs> That dude was a douchebag. <laughs> was right. his name Ice or Iceman? What was it? It was Iceman. Iceman. All right. And we'll, with that, we'll be right back with the best worst of the week in cycling for the week of September 1st, 2014. guys we are back new way we're gonna do best and worst rather than getting through six individual segments we're just gonna either pick one i'm gonna pick a best or a worst spencer's gonna pick a best or worst little guy you're gonna pick a best or a worst and you can let us know what you think of them on our facebook page facebook.com slash the slow ride podcast or you can find us on twitter i'm at the super rookie or at spencer how h-a-u-g-h or at little guy matt and uh, I'll lead it off. The worst thing in cycling this week is that the Vuelta España is going on, and I have not watched a second of it. I didn't even know that today was a rest day, to be quite honest. So the Vuelta Terrible. should just go back to being, or should just become a one-day race, and then I'd care. <laughs> a one-day race? Well, maybe a week. We'll, we'll spread it out. But I saw a picture of Quintana, who I'm supposed to care about um, for financial reasons in the red jersey and i was sitting there going why is he in a red jersey oh that's right it's the vuelta <laughs> idiot idiot it's been a really great race you should watch them i've only watched a little but it's been it's by far the best stage race of the year so far so i was riding with a uh, gentleman today from england 
and he said dirty birdie he's like i don't know how dirty birdie is doing so well and it took me a while to understand what he was even talking about and i was like oh yeah alberto contador mm-hmm. what an awesome nickname for him so what uh what do you have a best or worst uh little guy uh i do i'm gonna say my best was uh nax this last weekend um the north american cycle career championships that were here um just a good event all the the local guys who put it on did a really great job um i had a lot of fun i thankfully didn't have to do any of the organizing so it was wonderful and um yeah it was good how many uh people showed up at this uh Uh, 200 300 some i don't know there was a lot of people there i don't know if everybody raced there's still there's yeah. still 200 to 300 was, couriers. In the I guess there was every courier in the country was there. Um, wow. There were some there were some ex there were some retireds there. Um, it was good. It was a good event. It was a lot of fun. Um, I kind of wasn't looking forward to it, and then I I went and I you know just stopped being a grouch and actually had a lot of fun when I was there and saw a lot of people. It was just it was a fun fun event can you um describe for some of our listeners what takes place at the north american cycle courier championships well there's racing other than racing there's a lot of broing down and drinking beer um but um you ride around on a cold course and you deliver fake packages as fast as you can how much like how many miles did you cover uh you know i don't know for qualifiers we had to do an hour um, you got to manifest. You did as much as you could in an hour, and then the top sixty money makers, top sixty fictional fictional money makers, made it to the finals. Um, and then so the second day, you got multiple manifests, and it was more complicated. You had three hours to complete as much as you could. Um, but the second day, you had three hours, one hours, two hours, thirty minutes, asaps, and um, you could drop as many as you wanted at a stop, but you could only pick one thing at a time. And all the jobs only were pickable in 15-minute segments. So made it a little more complicated. Uh, you know, you couldn't have anything late or accounted against you. Really? Uh, time-wise, yeah. So you, it was it was a much it was a much more complicated affair. You couldn't just grab ASAPs willy-nilly because um, you burn them. You just lost you lost all that money. It's negative money. So um, so it was it was much more complicated. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see like a breakdown of like how much I did on time or how much this or that. I know I made, you know, I finished 41st the second day and I think I made 206 fictional dollars or something. So, so how did you, uh, what kind of bike did you use? Did you use your old, uh, you know, down tube shifter, um, Rawson? No, I don't have that anymore. I sold that. I went farther back and rode, um, an old, an old cruiser, an old, uh, I think it was a West Point is the brand. Little uh, step-through frame, coaster brake, basket on the front, really jangly fenders, loose. Um, chain was loose. I should have tightened the chain because at one point I actually lost my chain. I was Some guy flew by me on a road bike, and I was like, I can hang with that guy. And I caught up to him. <laughs> and then I went so fast that I threw the chain off. And then so, I had to spend like five minutes getting the chain back on, and I didn't have any tools. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie and say that I've got multiple text messages on Saturday night from people saying, mm-hmm. 
tell little guy to bring a real bike tomorrow because he qualified eighth. <laughs> he has a chance to actually win. And people were getting it. They were like, tell him yeah, he needs to probably. take this seriously and at least bring a bag. So you weren't even using a bag? <laughs> a lot of people were telling me that. <laughs> so you weren't even using a bag. You were just putting it in the basket? No. So no, I don't think a bag would really help in... that much. This is not standard courier uh, equipment then, is what you're saying. No, not standard courier equipment. Not the bike, not the bag, none of the setup. I had my phone in my pocket. I had a water bottle in the basket and uh, a bungee cord. Okay. Is the bike something you've ever used actually at work before or no? No, no, I just use this bike to, like, ride to the beach or something. You know, it's it's strictly after after hours kind of thing. It's got a huge saddle. It has a seat post that slips down. If you jump on it too hard, um, and it <laughs> wiggles back and forth, so you can kind of, it's nice, you can adjust the seat a little to the right, a little to the left as you ride. Uh, the brake <laughs> doesn't work very well. Um, the tires are really, like, rotten. Um, I overhauled it three years ago, poorly. And um, before that, it was, Caitlin found it in an alley. So, uh, it's great. It's a great bike. So- so that's what will get you eighth place qualifying at max, huh? Yeah, and forty first overall. Though I mean, you know, I didn't do as well the second day. I don't know why, but what are you? What are you gonna do? So Can't win them all. My favorite part was on yesterday, reading your tweets. So I will now go back and uh, talk about what what you said. Okay. So one, the first one was they laid my bike down at the start so like you do a Le Mans start and everyone's bikes lie da- laid down and then you said no kickstand advantage at the start which is total BS that that they took away total. your kickstand that was BS that was my least favorite part of the weekend I lobbied for the kickstand but you know the rest of the race I had total kickstand advantage because you pull up to a stop you jump off you pop that kickstand it's awesome everybody else is throwing their bikes around and like <laughs> dropping them and like getting them like run over by other people nobody ran over my bike because it was this giant thing in front of them they couldn't miss it and then uh your next tweet was i think an osprey is circling it looked like an osprey which i know i'm pretty sure they technically don't come this far south but we're right by the river and i don't know what it was i haven't gone in to look at more but it so looked like an osprey was this tweet mid-race when you did the osprey or were you just like kind of no, lounging about no this, we were standing around you know I don't know if this this will be surprising to our listeners. Probably to you guys, though. We started a little bit later than we initially planned. So I had a little bit of time stand, um, to, to kind of hang out um, and drink my tea that I brought and uh, shoot the shit with people. And then we had an additional 40 minutes where everybody had kind of, had, we'd all said everything we could to each other, and everyone was just kind of like, okay, let's start, let's start, let's start. And then there was only one Vanagon. Yeah, only one. And then it was my, a Westie, though. My favorite was jerseys and shorts everywhere, hip pouches, and stretching. So people were taking this pretty serious. Well, you know, so everyone is wearing jerseys, pretty much. And there was a lot of hip pouches, because I blame Spencer for that. He was the first person I ever saw wearing one of those confounded hip pouches. And uh, I'll never forget for the fact that I have to see those stupid things every freaking five minutes. Why do you need it? You have a bag on. But it's to, it's there was a lot of manifest while you're racing, bro. My God, do you have pockets? 
Do you pay no, no, but then they get all sweaty. You want it to, like, easy access, little guy. This is dumb. No, there was a lot of stretching. So as I wrote that, there was, like, ten people, like, in a crescent shaped around me stretching. But it was all kind of, like, joke stretching. Oh, okay. Um, it, was all, it was all comedic stretching. But, um... So... It was pretty funny, actually, <laughs> the stretching. <laughs> so, so, anyway... So, I do, do a lot of couriers... Uh, do you see them stretching like at work? Um, I don't. And do you see a lot of spandex at work? I see like, a lot of jerseys at work. I see a lot how of. Many, how much bib shorts? Is anybody courier in bib shorts? I used to wear Nobody, bib shorts, but I'd wear pants over them, like shorts. Over some, them. yeah, okay. some, some of you wackos do the bibs underneath the shorts above, which is crazy, especially considering the mileage we used to ride back, back in, back in those old glory days. Of the three of us, I mean, we would like sprint two blocks and then sprint two blocks and sprint two blocks. I mean, there was like very few miles involved. So the fact that you needed bib shorts. Well, you guys weren't my... working for on time. I had to go all the way up to North Washington oh. quite a bit. Oh my God, North mm. Washington zone two. Um, so no, so this is there a, were some people a, in the full kit. It's the North American Courier Championships, right? And. Yep. So it's supposed to be like representing a workday. You're picking up and dropping fake packages and making fake money. Yep. But everybody's not wearing what they normally wear at work or riding bikes that they normally ride at work. No, or... I think most people were wearing what they normally wear and riding the bikes they normally. I was wearing what I normally wear. I just wasn't riding what I normally ride. Right. And maybe a few people just had the full spandex on. But most people just had like... I would assume they're normal outfits. Any skin on. suits. Okay, well, that's good. I didn't see skin suits, but I did see one guy afterwards who was walking around, and he had bibs, but he had, like, cut the, like, bib portion off, so they were just shorts. Okay. So I saw... <laughs> I was like, that makes no sense. He ruined a perfect are, pair of bibs. Are non-couriers allowed to compete? They are. I think most of them were entered in the Aaron Young category. Um... But I, they were, yeah. Or worst mustache. There was I, another mustache. Spencer, I saw. what do you, uh, what do you got for best or worst this week? Oh man, um, so, so I have a best. Um, I, I went uh, this Saturday to the grand opening of the Riverfront Cycle Cross Park in Warwick, Rhode Island. Cool. Uh, and it was awesome. Um, they opened up. Uh, their grand opening, they threw an event, uh, two races, an A race and a B race. Uh, they were both free of charge. There were no officials, no paperwork, no uh, insurance waivers, nothing. Um, and the park itself was super rad, uh, very similar to uh, the park that Louisville has um, in, in that it's along a little river or a creek. Um, that floods every spring, so the city can't really do anything with that land. They can't develop it or build anything there because it would just get destroyed. Um, so uh, this dude, I believe his name is Corey. Uh, I apologize if I got that wrong. Um, kind of uh, took it upon himself and, and started petitioning the city and, and got permission to use the grounds. And he's been out there with a little team of uh, folks cutting and clearing and um, creating paths and and uh, they actually have a really, really pretty cool course. Um, Sounds pretty awesome. So that means there are, at my count, there's now three cross-Pacific parks in the country. 
Louisville, and then there's the one down in Melbourne, Florida, where I'm going to go tomorrow. Pretty cool little course. And now we have mm. the uh, the one in Rhode Island. Well, there's one in Boulder, uh, Colorado as well. Too. Yeah, that doesn't count. Mm. All right, and uh, we'll be back in just a second when um, Spencer Howe is going to uh, wax poetic once again. We're back yeah. with the 25th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Spencer, um, what's a, what do you want to talk about this week? Uh, so despite what you may have heard, cyclocross season is here. Um, it's happening, and uh, a lot of people have a lot of questions about it, so we're going to try and go through uh, some of the – we're maybe going to do what we might call a Mythbusters uh, episode here, section of the – of the slow ride podcast and uh, in relation to cyclocross. So should be fun. All right. So let's do yeah. it. What's our first. Yeah. What's our first myth? myth? Are you, are you excited? You don't, you don't, you don't sound excited. Okay. I am very excited. So, <laughs> so when I first got into racing cross, which was, you know, 2005 or something Five. like that, um, there were all kinds of weird, weird stuff that I heard about. Like, you should run your brakes backwards on your cross bike. Okay, let's talk about that. Normally. That would be um, called yeah. moto. Like moto routing, uh, similar to a motorcycle where your 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 front brake is no longer controlled by your uh, left hand. You flip them around. Um, yeah. And that was the theory was that when you're coming into barriers and you're off the side of your bike ready to jump off, you can modulate your rear brake with that hand rather than your front brake. Because uh, you're because your hands on the not endowing, I guess. Because your hands on the top tube ready to suitcase it over the barrier. Right. Um <laughs> so So when I <laughs> check with you guys and, and see did uh, do either of you run your cross bike moto? Absolutely yeah, I not. Have my cross bike moto. See I don't need to run it moto because I go off on the drive side so yeah, My so one. yours yours are effectively moto though. Why? Ooh. You have the same you have the same effect. Like I run mine moto and I get off on the left side, so my my rear brake is on the le- left side, the side I get off on. You run yours a normal way or whatever, and you get off on the right side, so you always have easy access to that rear brake. So yeah. you're you're getting the same effect that I'm getting. You so just don't have to switch because you already you switched your whole movement. But did you start riding moto because someone told you to do moto and that's the only way to do it, or did you do it because you're like, oh, this may actually be better? Well, I think somebody mentioned it as the thing that that would be good, and I said, yeah, that makes sense. I understand that. I think when I first started, I didn't have the moto, and I did have that that moment where I was coming hot, a little too hot, and I went, oh, I should slow down, and then you grab a little break and you fucking go ass over tea kettle i do like how we're not referring to the person that told us who to write who told us i don't anyways. know who told all right spencer do you ride so, moto i do not ride moto but i uh that first time i built up my cross bike for racing i set it up moto and i did my first entire season uh with my brakes moto and i thought it was great and 
I think I switched my bike back for road stuff or something, and then the next cross season came, and I was basically just too lazy to do it again. And so then I rode them regular, and I uh, I thought it was okay. Like I didn't I didn't have the terror. Maybe it was because I was a little bit used to um, the barriers then and the racing stuff like that. I don't know, but I've never gone back. So I I have, I have gone both ways, you guys. <laughs> Cool. What else um, we got? So, so do we do we have a decision on that? Does it make sense? Do people should people go moto or is that a myth? Yeah. Is it busted? You can always little go guy. Moto. So I don't go moto. Little guy does go moto, and Tim is sort of on the fence. He, he's not moto, but effectively he's moto, is. he's moto by default. He's always moto. So what's our tiebreaker here? This is. I thought with three people we we wouldn't have this situation. <laughs> Our tiebreaker is Toddy Cycles. Toddy Cycles says go moto, so therefore you have to go moto. Moto is not necessary. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Tim just touched on it a little bit. Um, step through dismount. I was always taught uh, coming up as a brand new cross racer that uh, you had to learn two dismounts. One, the step behind, and one, the step through uh, where you put your foot between your body and the frame to get off for a high speed dismount. Do either of you participate? Tim, what about... I um, bring the foot around. So okay. step through you... to me sounds really scary, and I will never ever even attempt that. So don't do it. <laughs> I also okay. The the only way a step through dismount works, in my opinion is if you can do what the old Eric Harlan dismount. Remember when he used to bring uh, his no. foot no, over no, the no, top no, tube, no. and then it was yeah. effectively... No, 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 no. That was no. a thing of beauty. I that have was to a thing say, of beauty. that no. was scary every so, time. Let's tell our listeners. You're, you're, you're crushing all credibility of this podcast right now. Like, we might as well throw all 25 episodes true. in no. the garbage. So, so for our listeners, they need to know that this guy would take his right leg, and rather than swing it around the saddle... He would lift it over the top tube. In front of him. In front yeah. of him. And then he would effectively have stepped through. His, yeah. um... Stepped over. It was the dumbest thing. It's the worst idea. It's the worst Maybe idea. it was a bad idea, but, I mean, we could go back and, and pull up some results from 2000 to, like, 2003 Just or because four. because he's a fat guy it, doesn't mean he was good at what good. he was doing. All right, oh, so, anyway. so little, little guy, guy, do you right, step through? guys. Step I no? don't step. I don't step through, but I, I think you know you do whatever you want, whatever feels comfortable. No, 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 never no, no. This is not what this is about. Do, do no, you I step through? Yes or no? No. I don't. I don't step is, through. When, yeah, I agree. Is, when we were we were first racing, everyone said you needed to be able to step through, and I tried a little bit, and I re- right. realized I was going to kill myself, and so I just stopped <laughs> stepping through. I was like, if so I lose a second it? every race, that's fine. Yeah, so you don't keep it as, like, a weapon in your arsenal just in case. You just don't really go there. No, I don't. I, okay. what's, it's totally pointless to waste my time doing that as opposed okay. to doing and things I should do. I I as well, I, I know how to step through. I understand the argument for and when it's useful. Uh, people say it's better for the flat, fast, like, full sprint, basically, at it barriers, you know. I still step behind even in most uh, occasions, and I think it's uh, a lot safer and a lot smarter. Um, you can better control the bikes. So all three of us seem like we're in agreement um, that the step-through is not 
necessary for cyclocross. Um, you can learn it if you want, but it's not something you want to employ on a regular basis. We're going to call that myth busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Busted, totally. Awesome. Okay. The last, uh, the last myth I'm going to go with here in this section is, uh, is tubular tires. And, uh, and we'll continue on with this a little bit in little guys section, I think. But, um, so when I first started racing cross, everyone was like, dude, get off those clinchers. What are you doing? You can't race cross on clinchers. You're stupid. Get tubular tires. You absolutely have to. You're not taking yourself seriously if you don't have tubular tires. So as a brand new Cat 5, Cat 4, whatever, in cross, how necessary are tubular tires and what kind of difference are they going to make? Tim. Very necessary. Probably the most important upgrade I ever made. Okay. Little guy, what's your opinion? I think tubulars are important. I don't think think Cat 5s having Dugast's on deep carbon rims makes any sense any sense at all you could have a cheap tubular on a cheap tubular uh pair of wheels and just run them at a good pressure i think pressure tubulars and low pressure if you're like super rookie and you get tubulars and you keep them at 80 psi for a year it's not gonna help (laughs) you gotta you gotta you gotta put some trust and for the love of god people use tubosity use tubosity okay so uh, for tubular tires, we have Tim saying tubulars are absolutely necessary, uh, best upgrade you can make. Can you race on clinchers? I mean, is that a feasible thing, Tim, or no? You can race on clinchers. I mean, you'd be fine, but I think that the the benefits of racing tubulars, especially if it's like a Rudy course, you know, takes away that whole ability of a pinch flat. Um, okay. It's pretty awesome. All right. And little guy, uh, I know, I know you feel like uh, tubular, cheap tubular, cheap tubular wheel is the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. But say you don't have it, like, is, is clinchers, like, are you better off upgrading, getting nice clincher tires, or should you should you focus on getting that tubular wheel? Like, can you survive on clinchers? Is it the thing? No. Clinchers are for Tuesday nights and weeknight racing and training, and uh, tubulars are for racing. Okay. All right. Like, um, I... I Tubulars for weeknight racing and training, I think, is stupid. So uh, I'm going to say clinchers are, you know, they're good. They're fine. You can race cross on them. Uh, You'll get by. All right on. Um, We're calling that myth uh, a true myth. You should get tubulars for your cross bike if at all possible. We'll be back on the uh, with little guy. And wrapping up the podcast, 25th episode. Hey, welcome back to the final installment of the Slow Ride Podcast, where I want to talk to you a little bit about cross tires. There are two kinds of cross tires. I wonder there how are many tubulars. people just turned off the podcast. At that <laughs> uh, 
That was my smooth intro, man. Yeah, that was good. Sorry. All right. Tim, did you know there are two kinds of cross tires? No. There are tubulars. Tell me more. And then there are clinchers. And yeah. clinchers actually aren't cross tires. They're not? <laughs> what? No, they're terrible. They're a terrible excuse for a cross tire. Get some tubulars. Okay. Hmm. Um, all, all tubulars are too expensive. It will wear out too fast. Uh, will cause you pain and heartache, both financially, and they'll frustrate you when they flat. And taking them on and off is painful and terrible. But you should really get some because they'll make your racing so much more pleasurable. Um, so, so say I want to get tubular tires, and I'm I'm on board, and I'm I'm okay yep. with all the frustrations. What do I get? Yep. Like I'm I'm getting one pair of tires. Well, there's there's all these brands. There's Dugas. I'll run you through brands. MBs. There's there's yeah. challenge. What do I do? What where, where do I start? You got you got some options. Now, say you want to show up to the race and you want your friends and enemies to be impressed, and you want to have a nice pair of tires. You can buy uh, FMBs or Dugasts. You buy the FMBs if you want to actually have really good tires, and you buy the Dugasts if you want to have not as good tires with a really good name on them. <laughs> if you want to buy a tire that's almost as expensive as those tires but will fall apart within the first race you're riding them, you buy some challenges. Oh, Those really? are the easiest to come by. Terrible tires. If you want to buy a tire that will last about eight years but never ride quite as nice as the FMBs, the Dugas, or the Challenges, you buy a Tufo. They'll last forever, and they'll be 95% as good as the Challenges out there on course, and the Challenges 95. will be gone from the world. They're, they're, they're good tires. They're harder to come by in the U.S. Their website, I'm pretty sure it was made in 1992, but they're great tires. And then I hear Clement in Vittoria, and supposedly I saw that Conti is going to start making some tubulars. So um, I hear they make tires, and I've never seen them really. I don't really care. <laughs> I know Schwalbe's got a tire, but I'm I'm running a Challenge Griffos, and they have not broken on me yet. Schwalbe's. I've had one pair of Schwalbe tires in my life, and they were the worst tires I've ever had. Oh, no, man. I used to run the, the Schwalbe Stelvios on the track up in Blaine, the tubulars, and they were great. My God, I no, that's not right. That's true. I've had two pairs of Schwalbe tires. I had a pair of Schwalbe tubulars on the road bike, fell apart almost instantly, and I had a pair of road tires um, that I won, and they lasted maybe a hundred miles, and then they got bulges in them and exploded. Wow. Schwalbe, terrible. Uh, so to point this back to cross tires. Uh, yep. Say I decide I, w- I want to get the challenges because they're crappy and they're cheaper a little bit. And, and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're at the bike shop. So they have a Limus. They have a they have a Griffo. They have a Griffo XS. They have a Chicane. Like, what are the differences? What are the advantages? What do I want to get if I have one one choice? Oh come on! If you want if you want There's one tire, one. if you want one tire, you want the Griffo. It's yes. all around. It makes you happy all the time. It's it's not the best in the mud. It's not the best in the dry. It's just it's it's the seventy five percent in every condition. Awesome tire. Mm. If you want, if you race in mud every weekend, like you live in some weird cross fantasy land, you want to buy the Limus. If you race in Minnesota, so you only race on dry, dusty grass, you probably want a Griffo XF, which is just a file tread. And if 
you buy some weird wheels off eBay like I did, you get some fangos and you don't really know what to do with them. <laughs> um, and uh, people tell you they're mud tires and you ride them in the mud and you fall down a lot and you're like, that's not a mud tire. Um, it's just kind of not. <laughs> so, so, so don't kids, don't let people fool you. If people say the fango is a mud tire, look them in the eye and tell them they're lying because they are. All right, on. <laughs> Let's uh, talking of uh, grass racing. You did. You were the first one of us to race cross. Um, I know Spencer raced this weekend, but you raced last yep. Tuesday, right? So what? I did. Why, why are you doing race. a sixty-minute race on a Tuesday night? I don't know. Somebody yeah. organized it as a sixty-minute race. I know Spencer is very much against this, and I and I agree with one of his points. I'm sure he'll say that it, it detracts from the weekend races because um, it's it's a big race, and more people end up showing up to the Tuesday nights, which they probably do with a huge turnout. But you know, it was good, and I think anything that makes everyone better, um, just in general, is going to make everyone better. You know, like doing 60 minutes is going to make everyone in Minnesota stronger than from when last year we were all doing 30 minute races to practice, and then showing up to Trek Cup and getting our doors blown but off. So, do you need to do 60 minutes in the first right. Tuesday night race of the year? Could you do 30 and then 35 and then 45 and then 50? Well, you can't because it's daylight. Longer I mean, go? Yeah, you can because it's daylight. It's actually going to get harder to get in that 60 minutes. I think the races are going to end up getting sh- a little bit shorter or they're going to move the start times around. So, so I think it, it's good because it, it, you need the, you need the uh, practice. Like, so in past, past years, did the, didn't they do um, – like past years, was there four races? Like, because I remember you guys would always complain about like yeah. paying money, and then there's like too many races. Like, or did they cut the amount of races and just made them longer now? Yeah, this year it's not it's not USAC. It's it's like ABR or whatever. So there's there's an A, B, and C race, just like the old days. Um, you pick your own race. There's a 30 minute, a 45 minute, and an hour. And so they condensed it. So the fields are bigger, but they spread the course out a little bit. And you know it was a good time. It was the best course I've ever seen out at a Tuesday night. Probably the biggest field. So they spread most the spectators. When you say they spread it was, it the was course a good time. out, you mean they made the well, laps longer? They made the laps longer. So you never saw laps. the course, Tim, but Spencer knows that the courses used to be really tight in a whole bunch of turns, and they had a pretty yeah. big park. And for some reason, they would only use about half the available real estate. Though the where the way they did it. Like it's not like anyone could have done anything with that other portion of the park anyway. Like it was people just like warming up in it, um, so they spread out and just used all that land. So um, just had a much longer start, like a, a really long like straightaway where the finish was and stuff. And then um, it just spread the course out. It, it made it so you could have those bigger fields and you weren't instantly like lapping hundred people. You know. Nice. Mm. So it seemed uh, it seemed like you did pretty well. So. Tuesday night racing is back. There's not the there's a Thursday night series that happens in Jacksonville every fall that I'll be going up to um, in a little bit. It's really crazy because it it's like they race in a wetlands type area. So all of a sudden it's like the only mud races you get all year because you'll be riding along and then you're almost hubs deep in water. And it's totally That's destructive. <laughs> sounds like Florida that you guys would just like destroy some natural habitat in it's, order to. Let's go Raise through the wetlands. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right on. All right. Well, with that, was anybody, uh, was anybody doing bacon hand ups at your Tuesday night uh, race, little guy? Uh, probably. I didn't. I don't. You know, I don't pay attention to the bacon hand ups. Did you have to kick um, anybody? Was anybody? So the, uh, 
Anybody being mean <laughs> to you? Like heckling you? Oh, yeah. Anyone being yeah, mean to me? Heckling? The heckling was all right. I heard that some people were throwing throwing stuff on the course and trying to make people fall on this like little off-camber um, hill turn thing. But I didn't see that. But That's everyone shitty. was nice to me. Yeah, I I heard, I heard from someone that that someone was doing something like that, trying to put people over. But another fan supposedly like put them in their place and was like, "That's not cool," you know, and and made them stop. So the heck was um, not dedicated. I think enough. that that's uh, where we're just gonna have to wrap it up this episode, guys, because we gotta get out of here. <laughs> it's the 25th Dad. episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Whatever, Dad. We would like to uh, thank everyone for listening. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a review. Just search for the Slow Ride Podcast. Also, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Slow Ride Podcast, or online, the Slow Ride Podcast.com. We're gonna take you home tonight. It's gonna take you home.